Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. WGC Mexico, nope, WGC Match Play Week Should is in the over. books. No, we're good. <laughs> we're going to roll right into that. Shout um, out to Grupo Salinas. Yes, yeah. I, you know, that's what it was. It was Grupo Salinas. The really, Grupo Salinas. Really bucking their heads on the commercials this weekend. Uh, I think this is mu- kind of a hostile takeover of this WGC. Which I, I kind of thought they were maybe sponsoring this for a yeah. little while. I was like, wait a second, I've seen more more Grupo Salinas commercials than I have Dell Technologies. But and we saw uh, Bernard from Westworld uh schlepping all the Dell Technologies, which is kind of did they, kind of jarring. Did they mess with Texas? Uh, I don't think we can confirm or deny that. Yeah. I didn't notice I didn't notice that, but question. I can't deny it either. Um I think that weekend might be like the most golf played professionally in one weekend. Match play is so much golf. Yeah. There's another PGA Tour event. Champions Tour is happening this weekend. LPGA Tour, Web Tour, and European Tour all had events in one in weekend. Web. I said Web. You said Web? Yeah. I don't forget Good the Web. Good looking at that, <laughs> Sorry, Web only had one event. Sorry. Um, Kevin, do, we, do we want to do intros? People always get pissed that we don't yeah, do Yeah, that's fine. This yeah, is solid. People speaking. know who you are. Of course. I'm DJ. People know who Tron is. TC's here. So, uh, that's why I don't think we need to do intros. But let's but look. Now let's we've got it. We did our due diligence. Yeah. Uh, big, big Randy's over on the couch. He's been on vacation all week, out in Big Sky, skiing a little bit. Good to see him let his hair down. He came back and just lit up the USGA and just awesome. went right back up to his room. So uh, <laughs> good to have the big guy back in the house. But Kevin Kisner has won the WGC match play. GMAC wins in the Dominican Republic. Tony he eked out Tony Romo down there. <laughs> uh, the big homie Julian Surrey let one slip away in India. That one hurt a little bit. That was a tough way to wake up. Tough one to wake up to. Yeah. A quad on the back nine, and he ended up losing by three. Uh, Stephen Gallagher wins out there. Dan McCarthy wins on the web tour. The Red Scare. McCarthyism going on on the web, t- the web tour. <laughs> smoke, shout out to Smoking Scotty. Yeah, runner up. A lot to cover here. Gonna, gonna. We have some questions, listener voicemails, as always, or as is always for the last couple of months, which has been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to kick it off talking a bit about WGC. Kevin Kisner, the good prevails over evil in the final. <laughs> is Cooch officially According evil? to some. <laughs> what? Well, we'll get we'll get to the whole quick raking thing. I think we maybe have a difference of opinion on on how all that shook out. Uh, Tron wants to ride for poor, misunderstood Sergio. Uh, just no, not, no, not able no, to catch a break here, Don't put words in my mouth. We'll, we'll get to that it's eventually. Disgusting. But uh, Kisner, I mean, like, it really felt kind of by Saturday morning there, like it was going to be Kisner or Molinari, right? I mean, it, those guys just looked like they were in a class of their own this week. And it, really fun to watch Kisner play golf. I think you mentioned it on Twitter, Solly, but... Whatever you might think about the excitement of watching Matt Kuchar, um, or non-excitement, it, it was cool to see that the Final Four wasn't all bombers. It was kind of a cool mix of sort of tactical guys and, and Biergaard who really moves it. And it was just a really cool weekend of golf. It's just fun that they go, they, this golf course is so good for match play. And it, it excites me, but it frustrates me at the same time that they think that they can't go to a course like this for stroke play. Yeah. And that there's a lot of half par holes, a lot of short par fours that are really fun. And those would just be viewed as too easy on in stroke play. Yet in match play, they promote a ton of excitement. And they, those holes, like the, the first hole, especially like the 18th hole, they give you enough rope to hang yourself with. Like you can hit your, get it into trouble if you get too aggressive and you get out of position 
that golf course is it's one of the few places on tour where the angles actually matter. Like if you get out of position in, on that course, you can't stop it near the hole. Yeah, it's, it's not f- soft it's enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. Like watching balls roll out. I, I was out there in the early part of the week, walked the golf course two holes in. I was like, I think I'm in love with this place. Just it's watching, so watching JT and tiger during their practice round sling big draws on the second hole, and like trying to get it up on this slope and let it run all the way down through the speed slot. And, and, then, that add, was just, and then add the wind and, yeah. the, and the cold. It's just not grab driver and hit it as high as you can. And, as long yeah. as you can i mean it's a legitimately interesting golf course so it's it, for as much as we pick apart all the the setup and stuff like this court this tournament's awesome in well, that regard yeah, do you guys a great job. i think we've probably talked about this at ad nauseum on this podcast but do, do you guys ever get worried about what the score is and and when somebody's 22 under par after three rounds or does that freak you out well, or do you not before care? we get there i think it i think it is refreshing just to see when score score doesn't matter that's like, what I'm, well that's yeah. kind of what i'm getting at is i was kind of crunching the numbers and through like what was it through three or four through four rounds? I think Molinari was through four matches. I should say he was, I think 14 under in relation to par and he hadn't played 12 holes, including <laughs> one of the par fives, like three different times. So he probably would have been, it probably would have been a 20, you know, 20, 23 under par for him. Granted, he looked like he was playing head and shoulders above all the other players in the field. But uh, still, I mean, I, I think it would have been a place where they would have gone crazy low, but you also, because it was match play, maybe you, you just saw some guys getting eviscerated too, which was. Really I was fun. watching on, I think it was Friday afternoon, and Woodland and Rose were playing. I don't know the way they were playing. It could have been two guys grinding to make the cut, or two guys yeah. battling for the lead going into Saturday. But it didn't matter. They were they were playing each other. It's all and, relative. Yeah, and, and like and like going into eighteen, I was captivated. It was it was, I was absolutely captivated because it didn't matter what the score was on the whole where it was just total match play and it was it, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that stark of a juxtaposition but we only see it a couple times a year yeah we're going to talk a bit so frustrating about the format and how i mean it wasn't the most exciting weekend um but i think trying it wasn't the most exciting sunday it, sunday saturday correct. Was, saturday was awesome. correct uh i just think it's like it's always going to be that way with match play however that doesn't need fixing we're, we're going to get into some of that yeah. I, this, this tournament is so important to the schedule because the more you start talking about how to fix it and whatnot the closer we get to stroke play and it's just like every other yeah, week so that's a good point. listen the finals is not going to like blow people away it rarely will unless you get dubuisson jason day uh, to your point about scores going low, I think it gets really monotonous and boring when there isn't the risk element introduced totally. and pars are super easy. Yeah. If like pars are super easy and guys are just pinning their ears back and going for birdies, that's boring. You gotta I think. throw decisions in their face. Yeah, and it's not. It, there's no volatility factor, right? So I mean, that's what I think happens a lot on the web tour is like there's just some of these holes. There's just not really risk involved in the hole, and that everybody gets jammed up at the top of the leaderboard and it just becomes a putting contest. I, I was we, so we'll get into this later too. But Tron and I were out at the Savannah event this this week and I was talking to one of the players out there and kind of asking you know what's the difference? What's been the difference? Kind of going from college golf to pro golf to now web.com tour golf and like you know what are you learning as you go along and and I kind of half expected him to say you know well i just you know i got to figure out my game management and i got to know that i can't go at every pin and i got to be patient and blah 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 and he said the literal exact opposite which was it's taken me a long time to realize that on the web tour i need to fire at literally every single flag <laughs> that's the only way you can compete is every single time no exceptions you have to go at the flag which is insane to hear uh, i think there's a ca- there's a little bit of a caveat with that one 
Well, it was yeah, it was one of our young hitters, Brandon Matthews. That we were talking <laughs> about, probably right? he is the longest player in the world. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> up there. He's he's in the top three. Well, there's also that's the juxtaposition of it's him the, and Maurice, the long drive guy. The Web Tour versus the PGA Tour, and that if you are on the PGA Tour and you make a ton of cuts and play pretty conservatively, you retain your tour card and right. you stay out there another year. On the Web Tour, if you finish like 25th every tournament, you don't get graduate to the PGA Tour. Like, yeah. you need to, you need top five finishes on the Web Tour to actually move on. So. It is even more promoting penny of the years back, but um, the golf course I, again. Like I, I just want to take another second. I think that the ultimate barometer for me is, you know, especially working at the tour and and whatever. I was I got to go see a lot of these courses in person, and there were a ton of them where, like, I play a lot of golf as it is. So there were a ton of them where the the shine kind of wears off, and you're like, God, you're like you go to Firestone or something, and you're like. Dude, I don't want to play this because like I'm gonna go shoot. I'll pay, I'll pay not to play it. I'm gonna go shoot a hundred or, or PGA National or whatever. It's like I'm gonna go shoot a hundred. This doesn't look fun. You go to Austin Country Club and you're like, God, I would play here every single day. Yeah. This place looks so 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 fun. It's definitely a course that just Pete, it sticks Pete out. Pete dies good. Yeah, he's I, I think there's fantastic. certain there's certain you know like people shit on the the format like the whole group play thing. It's really really hard to advance from a group. I, I don't like the group stage stuff because I just I love when it comes to like to the weekend and you watch you turn on the TV and you know exactly what the guys are playing for. Yeah. And like I watched a good amount of the golf between Wednesday and Friday and I like had to go online to be like, okay, where does what does this match mean? What what does this mean if this happens? And Gannon and Faldo were like trying to figure it out on one of the matches. I'm like, all right, if the announcers aren't gonna be able to tell us what's going on, how do you expect viewers to follow it? And they're and that's why I think the solution is to have have like make one of the other WGC events a match play event, but do the first thirty six holes make them stroke play? Yeah, and, do, I, and just basically make like the USAM. But so, I think the so best day of match talking, play. Yeah, we were kind of talking about this earlier. It's like if you're gonna have a match play event, just make it match play. The best day of match play but used to be the first so day. Arbitrary. In that, in That's that what makes sense. it fun. Yeah, I, I think, think that, I agree. I think See, I, I I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna clap back and say I like the group stuff. Like I mean, how how Tom Lee this week? He went two and one. He beat Brooks Kepka. He went to a playoff i think with noren your boy yeah. Sally, and it, it and and it's i don't know it's, it's like a ch- it's a chance for some of these other guys that don't play too many pga tour events to shine and it's it's like a little super bowl within each group you know and yeah to be the one that advances from that there's no perfect way to do it right but i'd rather four guys duke it out the way that you do it anyway is like there's going to be two guys playing each other and the two guys play each other and then those guys are slotted in against the next guy and that's still that's almost a little pool or a little group in and of itself right yeah it is it's just like i i feel like the first few rounds are are much more diluted now and the later rounds aren't any more exciting like if the trade-off was like we are almost more guaranteed that better players are going to make it through i don't really think that's been the case since they've gone to this format i don't think that they should have expected that I get why it is. And the whole reason why it exists is like you go to, you get a new, first of all, a new sponsor for this event. So I think Dell probably has a lot to do with dictating how this is going to go. Dude, you're getting a Dell. And it's like, all right, do I want to, (laughs) do I want to guarantee that Tiger Woods is going to be at my tournament for three days? Yeah, I do. So this format works from a sponsor standpoint. And I think for fans, that sucks. But like, it all comes back to the money in the spots. Follow the money for everything. Answer to every question ever posed on this podcast, yeah. probably. But it is a, it's a weird trade off though because I, I don't have a ton to back this up. But it's like you know if if you're doing it from a tiger perspective, then you're almost doing it you know like for ticket sales and and hospitality on site, I guess, which is in the relative scheme of things such a small amount of 
what's at stake here when you consider kind of like the TV the TV rights and all that stuff. So it, it's it's hard. Like I, I guess I'm the get, larger point I'm getting you at get is three like, days of TV ratings though too with Tiger there. It's, it's, it's the only, same point. Only Tiger, I would say. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like li- that literally just just Tiger's the only one that factors into that conversation. Correct. But it, my point was going to be, and and let's say Tiger's not playing, uh, you know the that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday audience. I think the the floor on that audience is pretty high, and the ceiling on that audience is pretty low. Anyways, so yeah. when you're when you're making this pool play and you're saying that this is going to draw in all these new fans on the weekdays, like I, I have a hard time believing that. Well, I, I think going back to it's an illustration of how deep golf is these days, where it's not like this is going to be 2002 when you've got Scott McCarron versus Kevin Sutherland, which was sick though. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't think that's going to happen anymore because you've got. It's so much deeper now. It's not crazy. Like whoever was the 64 seed this week, it just would not have been crazy. Exactly. Nothing crazy, crazy what would was have Kisner, happened. Kisner's like the 46 seed or something. Yeah, which like, like, oh yeah, of course he won. Yeah. Like, that makes total sense. Yeah, no one batted an eye yeah. at that. I do love this event for, you know, kind of, you get an extended look at guys. You Like if Lucas Bjergaard was in the top five of this and it was a stroke play event, not very little attention yeah. would have been paid to him unless he had the lead and like blew it to fall back into that. But we got to see him. One, it helped that he played against Tiger Woods and beat him. But that is, guys are just put on a better, a bigger stage. It's so much easier for the, the broadcast to track them because there's very little golf actually going on. So it's always cool to see the guys that you know pop up that people are not familiar with. It was funny when I was there earlier in the week. Uh, Beargard, Bear you know, we were kind of walking near each other through an unroped part, and these kids came running up to Lucas Beargard and asked him for his autograph. And uh, one of them started to walk away, and they came back. He goes. Sir, what was your name? <laughs> and he's like, I'm Lucas. He didn't even say his last name, which I'm sure the kid that didn't help the kid really at all. But uh, I remember this back in 2017. I think it was like February. We did a podcast, episode 67, around the 20 minute mark. Uh, Peter Uline was on, and I asked him, "Who's like a European player that you play with, or, or that people just don't know about yet that you think is going to be like a really..." big name in the game in some way. And he said, Lucas Beargard without hesitation. So I thought Beargard last year in, in uh, Abu Dhabi for like 14 or 15 holes. And it was stripes it. Yeah. He's a Loki unit. He won the Dunhill last year, right? He did. Yeah. yeah. That's he had like a trap. I remember he had a trad rocket that just ripped my pants off on the <laughs> 17th hole. Um, when you go to an event, it, the best thing we've said this a bunch, but the best thing is to go watch somebody play 14 or 15 holes like Tron was just saying, because you see them build around and you see the ebbs and flows. And that's what you got from Lucas Beargard this week because, you know, he's one of the only matches on the course. You see every shot he hits and it just makes you learn so much more about his game and his tendencies. And it seems like the matches always drag just because one, there's you're going to see every almost every single shot. But that's also better perspective on what a final round of a golf tournament is like, because if you play kind of poorly in the final round of stroke play, you just kind of get dropped and they show the highlights or your really bad shots. So that it is just like a better perspective. It also shows that it's actually pretty boring. Like for the most part, it's not that exciting of golf. Um, but uh, and, uh, this event's important. And I think that it's, you know, it's easy to get caught up in what well, we got to do this differently. I still think there's a ton of things they could do differently. My, my uh, idea of like the players choosing their matches, which is, oh, like, takes a lot longer for me to, to flesh out. Yeah. But uh, basically like for the selection show, there should be like a, like a priority and pin system for putting your name up there and stuff. Which would be awesome. Like that would be so good. There's no reason not to do it. Well, I know I was talking to a couple people about that, and they're kind of like, dude, like getting the players to do stuff is so hard. It's like 
dude, make it mandatory. You get 30 G's or whatever for showing well, this up. This is this is one of the things though where it's it's the WGC. It's not the PGA Tour. Yeah. It's not any like it, it's kind of yeah. But then you have even more cooks in the kitchen. You have more cooks in the kitchen, but it's it's farther away from the players. Yeah. As far as their you know their their you can pass their buy share the blame a lot a more bit. diluted, yeah. right? Uh, also, I just want to give a shout out to England. They had ten just in general. They had ten players in the field this week. Out of, out of the top 64. That's, cool, that's, that's a lot. Shout that's out cool. to Matt Wallace. The big So for as much as we were saying about, uh, I guess what I was saying about not liking the format, we did get Tiger Rory out of it, <laughs> so I had to kind of uh, swallow my sword a little bit on that one. And uh, that lived up to the hype, would you say? I, I you swallowed your sword? I don't know how that how, works. Is that a phrase? Swallow your pride. God. Or okay, fall on your sword. sword. start that over. No, 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 no. You yeah, didn't yeah. start over on Mexico. You yeah, got to leave that really, one yeah. in. <laughs> God, I'm, swallowing I'm the sword, that's like that a one. magic trick, man. No, you're not <laughs> saying that's like... All right, we got, we got Tiger Rory out of it, which is... Walk me through that sweet. one. I admittedly had to miss it. Oh, my God. It was, it, was every, it was everything you would you would hope it would be, I, I thought. Other than uh, a couple Jack Reacher takes on Rory's putting, he did miss... He missed some shorties. So you always talk about this. What's the 50-50 range for... Eight feet. Eight feet. Exactly what I thought. So through the first, like... 10, 11 holes, he missed like an 8-footer, an 8-footer, and a 9-footer. Oh, no. And everyone's like, oh, my God, this, he just doesn't have it. What's the deal? I'm like, well, statistically, really like, it's uh, it's not that crazy that he would, he would miss three of those. He missed a 5-footer, which was, which was not good. How many holes had he lost until that point? Yeah, he lost uh, zero holes he coming into that match. He three was, holes. Three, three holes total. Yeah. Is that right? Holy. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was, okay, I thought it was even less than that. Well, anyway, so he's he's coming in. He hasn't finished outside the top six since november he's three and oh and then he comes out and like loses to tiger on was it two and one or one up well listen i think they went the distance it's right it's tough it for, it's up. tough for me to talk about the 16th hole because i was i've been there a lot that was bad that was exceedingly <laughs> yeah he exceedingly had like a 398 bad. yard drive right down the middle he's got you know <laughs> buck 70 in i think downwind and he and he totally airmails the green and he's up against the boundary marker the, the wooden fence there and he was trying to hit a wedge like 178 or something right yeah where it you know it goes back to like which then like there's certain stuff coming out now to where you know it's like hey rory you've done a really 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 good job at certain things this year and one of the things you've done well at is like stepping off of certain numbers yeah. and, and and you know being a pitcher not a thrower and he went back to being a thrower and then he, and then he blew off the media. Herrig lights him up, and I know there's some there's some other stuff going on there with the with the golf pass, you know. There, which is yeah. I wonder like if are they? I don't think that really is how it's going to go. I don't think I don't think it does either. But Tiger with golf TV. No, no they're not. They're not tied together. I think Roy was just pissed. Yeah, but but they're going to ascribe that like they're overly sensitive to Tiger going off and and talking to Henny or Rory. You know, talking, spilling all the beans to Carson Daly every week. But no. yeah, <laughs> tune into Faraday on Monday because yeah. Carson yeah. Daly's coming up. Uh, that's a that's a tough look for Faraday, right? Like I, I, nobody rode harder for Faraday. Hey, he's than, swallowing the sword. He's swallowing. <laughs> he's swallowing. He's swallowing the sword on that one. Uh, he, he has had like some seasons that have gone really weird with a lot of guests, but like this one's been a yeah. comeback. There was the one that was the like first head scratcher. It was like Ricky had. and like John Isner. Yeah, or they're something. like mixing about that and was, like Lee yeah. Trevino. And it was just it. Was, there's been like like sending out group texts. It's like who's in Orlando? They can come by the studio. Uh, and Carson Daly just a hand shot up in the air. I guess. Anyways, Ryan Lavender had a had a good point on Twitter. Just 
like every other sport has like, the cooling off period basically for the losers to uh yeah you know give them five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes whatever and then i know that's different when you want to try to get them on tv but you know there's six hours of coverage on the de- on the uh or more than that there's like 10 hours of coverage on the match play days like there, San- there's plenty and, of time to talk and sansy's out there and sansy's like you know and sansy's a pro's pro exactly yeah I, I don't know. I don't get too worked up when guys skip media, but it was weird. It's like, dude, you've played some amazing golf this yeah. year. You can't be like that butthurt after the round. But he's it also one of like the apologized. most open, upfront guys, too. So yeah. for like, how many times does Tiger skip media? Not very many. Very, very few. Not, not at all? Like, no, no, he, he has. but More like, this year. But he like, does it all the time when he loses. He did it after losing to... To Beargard. And especially after he ends a tournament, he's only missed. But Herrig didn't flame him. He did. He Herrig mentioned it after Tiger skipped after Mexico, it was. Okay. And and Herrig was like, the only other time he's ever uh, not done media at the end of a tournament was this, blah, blah, blah. So he He's the gold standard really? at, okay. at stopping right. for media. All like, right. he's so good at it. He does it, and he does it when he shoots. 77 yeah and that, that's part of the deal yeah. I, I don't think it's just a like a, a normal th- it's not like so and so played bad and skip media like there's various reasons why they would end up doing it for and i don't know what they are but to, i don't i don't really care that yeah that's it's like, i think yeah. his whole thing that's not too the headline was, here. yeah <laughs> was it was the end of the tournament for rory yeah, yeah. like that was that was kind of the thing whereas like and last time before yeah. augusta but it, it also kind of throws into perspective how different match play is like you don't really give a shit about talking to a guy who finishes t7 or t12 or whatever at the the end of a tournament unless it's match play and then they've just lost to somebody the other and it's yeah and it's tiger rory it's like the you know it's gonna be the marquee match the other the other kind of awkward trade-off about this is that the tv interviews are no offense to to anyone in in the business but the tv interviews are pretty giantly pointless yes uh and granted the the writers in the media center do a much better job of of getting to some specific questions but like we can fake the tv interview right now with rory if, if you guys want to hear it yeah it's the one major i don't have yeah. <laughs> um, that was pretty good yeah all right let's take a quick break and then let's go right into some questions so did i don't know if you guys caught this did you hear uh what kev kisner said almost immediately in his interview it was like uh Brendan Porath called it NASCAR sauce. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. He gave was. a shout out to his Callaway Epic Flash driver. Only um, other person I've heard do that is Phil. No, Leash has done it too. That's true. And Kiz didn't seem like the kind of guy that would be that no. plugged into the sponsor stuff right away. Great. But he did. He nailed it. He crushed it. Uh, it was an epic showing by Team Callaway at the WGC Dell Technologies match play. Kevin Kisner took home the big win. He's got the Epic Flash driver and three wood in the bag. And he mentioned how much he loved the added ball speed he's generating with the flash face in the driver. Speaking of the Epic Flash, has more wins on the PGA Tour and more wins worldwide this year than any other driver, including 10 Callaway driver wins this year by non-staffers who are choosing to play Callaway based on performance alone. That's nuts. That's actually pretty sweet. I think that's the only stat. (laughs) That might be the only stat. Yeah, I I agree with you. Visit CallawayGolf.com or check out Epic Flash for yourself at your nearest golf retailer today. Get the right shaft in it. That's been a big game changer for me. I'm excited about that. Uh, And let's roll right into questions. Hey, guys. It's Tom from Virginia Beach. Long time, first time. Just wanted to get your guys' opinion on who's going to be the first person kicked off the Ryder Cup squad in favor of Kevin Kisner. I'm thinking it's going to be Patrick Reed myself. Thanks. 
Patrick Reed's in an interesting spot here. If if, if he, uh, I mean, look, we're like 18 months away from the Ryder Cup here, but if if he's playing the way he is now, his uh, I don't know how much his his Captain America status still uh, still travels. Are we sure that Kisner's the first guy on? Well, uh, here's what I'm going to say. I'm I'm just going to have Kisner's the first guy on. I've got no matter what the stats. No, say. just let, let's let's. I got like six water buckets okay. here waiting here to just pour on the okay. fire. That I think it's going to be like six straight questions that we're going to get where I have a feeling I'm going to have to hose some people off here. He wasn't even bit, considered for the last one, though. The, Kisner? Yeah. Yeah. This uh, Which is like, insane. I know, but like we're 18 months away, and we are going to go to a golf course that is not a Kevin Kisner golf course. I, so my instinct when I saw this question was like, yeah, Bubba should not play anymore. But you know who's probably going to be a great fit at Whistling Straits? It's probably Bubba. So, yeah, should Kisner have probably been on the last team? Again, go back to when they made the, the captain's picks. You're not taking big, you're not, not taking big Cat. Phil, I get in hindsight, yeah, you wouldn't take. Bryson was one of the hottest players on the planet, and Tony Finau was obviously hot going into it and played great at the Ryder Cup. So. Can we talk about who who is who the first guys off the chopping block are? Webb. That's what I was going to say too. <laughs> Probably. I think Ricky. Ricky's Ryder Cup record is two, four, and five. And you know, I know Randy's, Randy's sitting over there on the couch. And he, yeah, I mean, again, like match play records, Ryder Cup records. Like Patrick Reed was six one two going into the last one, and he played like absolute shit. So it's not. But I would predictive. look. But I would look more towards. I would throw out the, the reason I pulled these, other than I'm being I'm fucking lazy, <laughs> uh, is because it was on a totally non sequitur course, which they haven't played in the last four or five Ryder Cups, yeah. like that style of course. So this is, this is what you're going to get with how it was set up at, yeah. you know, Medina, Hazeltine, all that. So if kids, he would, he's obviously a tremendous match by player. He played great in the president's cup at Liberty national. Um, and sure. I, if, if the Ryder cup was next week, sure. I'd have him on the team, but like we're a long ways away and we need, we've learned, hopefully learned a lesson. We need to pick a team based on the golf course. Like Ryan Moore should not have been on the 16 team. He played fine. Like Bubba should have been on that team over Ryan Moore. Like it's set up with no rough and it's set up favor for bombers. So and, and Kisner should have been considered for France. Well, yeah, I, I still have a hard. I think it's hard to justify kicking any of the four guys off that you that listen, they chose. Listen, guys, you can, you can. This is why. First of all, it should be it should be twelve captains picks. But that's <laughs> oh, another yes. for sure. That's that's like the the baseline of where we all need to be starting from here. Yeah, is that should be the case. It will never be the case. But it like will never be the case. That's but the it perfect should be world. The case. All my Euro guys played pretty well this week, though. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Molinari. So I was prepared like Saturday to like to say this on like you could. There's a take somewhere out there that Molinari is the best golfer in the world. For sure. There's like, a take out there that you could say that Brian Gay is the best golfer correct. in the world. But like like on like somewhat neutral golf courses, there's no one whose game I'd rather have than maybe Francesco Molinari. Yeah. Like the guy doesn't miss. He does not miss. Like. If he would have won, I think I would have. Uh, I think I would have finished like the top five of the NLU bracket <laughs> challenge out of like thirty-seven. Big what if there? Which yeah. thank, thanks to everybody that signed up for that. Yeah, that it was, was fun. A lot of people signed up for that. Hey guys, Patrick, Dallas, Texas, first time, long time. Patrick anyway, just uh, calling to see what we can do about this excitement on Sundays for this match play. I mean, I accidentally watched twenty-five laps of NASCAR because this thing was so boring. Anyway. Thanks for all you do. Patrick, we're going to move it to Monday. We're going to move the final. We're going to move the last day to Monday. That would be sweet. That, I don't think that'll ever happen for with the PGA Tour. I think it's kind of one of those things that's like, 
it is what it is. You can't fabricate excitement. Excitement happens when it happens. You're going to see every shot from a, from a match, and these guys are tired at the end of the week. The golf's probably not going to be that good. So for all, there's, for all the reasons why it's going to end on Sunday night, it's all the sponsor obligations and ticket sales and all that stuff that we're going to be kind of stuck with probably dud matches at the end. Uh, no, I mean, they started on Wednesday. Why can't they just start on Thursday and finish up? The answer to that would be they're not going to have 500 volunteers come out, yeah. out for another day for one match and get all the camera crew out there and all the house, everything that goes into setting up a day of tournament for one match. They're just not going to they're not going to add that on for a Monday. Yeah. So. I, I, what about for what about for three matches? Still won't. Well, I liked so you you were you're talking, shortening that you're keeping the tournament the same length. You're just moving it from third from Wednesday to Sunday to which Thursday also to Monday going into another the next tournament week. But put it on the West Coast and, and, and put it during primetime. I just I, the Monday idea is interesting, but also I don't know what it really accomplishes because you're not making it more exciting. You're just like punting on. You're just punting to like a less exciting. Yeah, but day. you well you have the biggest you have the biggest audience during the day on Sunday, right? Like like afternoon yeah. on Sunday. So the mo- the most exciting golf is to me is like the quarterfinals when you've got. You got good matches. We got we got four good matches out there, and I mean that's that's the most like that's the day that I watch. Why not just put that on Sunday afternoon, and then everything else after that is like it's not an afterthought, but it's it's kind of the it's kind of the dessert after the main course. I would love it to be in prime time. It would have to be West Coast. Dell is the sponsor again. It's like would Dell want to do that? And I don't I don't know the answer to that. I would be shocked if that would ever go through. Well, I thought you're. The better idea was fill in the rest of some of the rest of the golf course with other more interesting matches. So doing like a do a six club, like a six club match sure. with guys that have already gotten like nobody already gives been kicked a out. shit about the third fourth place match. Have them play a six play, like have them like, have like, play a six club match or something outrageous where like the other guy gets to take a club out of the other guy's bag. Like it's. I don't. To me, that doesn't cheapen. Like nobody. Like you're not cheapening anything because nobody cares about the third, fourth place no, to begin with. It's just filling out the telecast. Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm all in for that. Give them both I, a T3. There's no chance. Like FedEx would like the, the 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 what they would say is like there's this many FedEx Cup points on the line here and this much money. Like guys would be, the the player advisory council has to like approve all these decisions first of all too. They approved JJ Henry getting a 300 cuts made. Exemption, like full year exemption. I don't know how to tie that back why, to the third why, place match. No, like they, I'm saying, they, <laughs> saying anything's possible. They approve outrageous shit to begin well, with, right? But the competition. Well, what Tron is saying related. is true love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just it's like basically nothing matters, and I'm I would love it. Listen, you have to convince me. Everybody that gets eliminated in the in the first match play round gets ties for 17th, right? Let me. No, not not, that's not true anymore. It's not true anymore. No, they they change it with the pool. The pool stuff. It used to be everybody would tie for for. So what do they do now? Thirty seventh or whatever. Now it's like based on your seating in the pool. That's based on how many points that, you got. That's yeah. how you finish. That's stupid. No, it's really smart. It's, <laughs> it makes way more sense than T seventeen for everybody that shows up. So, what if? And I can't even believe that I'm suggesting this because this seems like it would fly in the face of everything I stand for. But what I, I'm thinking back to the match <laughs> and how. <laughs> You know, there was like boring, uh, boring times in the match. And then Charles Barkley started being like, why don't I go play someone right now? And I was like, fuck yeah, I would definitely, definitely like to watch that. So what if you had Kevin Kisner and Matt Kuchar playing the championship match? You had Molinari and Biergaard playing the consolation match. And then you threw like two wild at, you had like Luke Wilson 
and I don't know, some other Austin celebrity out there playing like a some weird loose match where you is just like a pure like comedy. Can what I, if you like cut to the chase here? Air. Yeah. Do you count, do you count on the PGA Tour to get that right? Well, no, no. But what if you carved out? Let's say, let's say you carved out three or four hundred k. Luke Wilson used to voice over the PJ Tour. Uh, these guys are good commercials, but like, so dude, yeah, don't know what to do with that. There's an but, existing I relationship. Mean, DJ, going back, like, I don't really care about watching Luke Wilson play either. But like, what if you carved out three or four hundred k and you said, hey, we're gonna put this up for grabs, and they do a fan vote. Of, of, Shout out to fan, a vote, fan Friday. vote Friday thing, and they say, hey, we're gonna have you know, uh, Rom wants to play whoever or you know cat wants to play sergio or like anything like that and you just basically pair these these you pair these matches up and you figure out cool like all right kisner you know kisner got eliminated he wants to play patrick reed be sick like and then you and then you throw it on pga tour live or something that'd be awesome yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's just like 50 million reasons why, like that. For sure. Uh, that's like, yeah. I, I, listen, Some nothing see matters. the world and ask why. I know, but it's like we're, we're so see the world and say why not in the hypothetical. Like the, honestly, the big hat match, I felt like it was maybe closer than. Well, we're gonna said. save the big hat match for the commissioner for a day. Pat. <laughs> okay, more to come on that. Is there a voicemail about Tiger? No. Yes, okay. there is. There is. Yes. Okay. All right. This is Josh from Atlanta, Georgia. Can we please all just start a petition to get the PGA to change its format back to match play? This is so much more entertaining to watch, and frankly, the PGA blows. <laughs> Thanks. Love the show. Hot take from Josh there. Well, I guess this kind of goes back into everything we just got done talking about. Is pretty you, much. You're yeah. going to wind up with a lot of PGA Sundays that are, are pretty boring. Again, or would they not be boring it's just, because it's the PGA Championship and you'd be into who cares? It's just to, move, it's moving wins. the interesting stuff from from sunday to friday yeah. saturday yeah I, I i wouldn't it would never happen one because ratings for these events always kind of struggled and there's no real reason the pga championship would want to do this like the reason why all, all, everything is stroke play is it's deemed probably the most suitable format for television so it R1. won't go back match play is is like living over par because there is no par <laughs> right that's well said yeah. so it's totally destroyed Somehow the concept of living under par yeah <laughs> That made very good sense. Hey guys, Jeff from Jack's Beach. Shout out to Taco Lou and uh, Sunrise Strip Shop, I guess. Um, maybe I'm biased being a UGA alumni dog. Shout out to Neil's Red X Cup team. But is it safe to say that Matt Kuchar is the real world equivalent of Matt Damon in The Departed? His quote on the Sergio six inch rake was a disgrace. Thanks for your time. Take care, guys. I'm all fired up for this one. I'm going to let you lead it off, though. I'll give you, I'll give you the last word. So I'm going to kind of ride for Kucher on this one. And if let's just do a quick review of what happened, right? Break it down. So I forget what hole it was, but Kucher made a bad bogey. He's in, in his pocket with a bogey. Uh, Sergio's got maybe like a six-footer for par to win the hole. Misses it. Quick rakes it immediately, tries to knock it back in the hole. He misses, uh, and you know it looks like they've tied, and they're both going on to the next hole. They get to the next tee box. Kucher says, hey, uh, I don't really know what to do here, but technically I didn't concede that putt. Uh, so I don't, like, I don't know if that's going to be an issue. I've seen a lot of... I'm paraphrasing. I've seen, you know, seen a lot of rules violations. We've seen a lot of weird match play stuff. Maybe we should just call in the rules official here to make sure that we're all good. 
Uh, he calls in the rules official. The rules official says, if you never conceded the putt, then the putt wasn't conceded. Sergio, you lost the hole. They're trying to figure out what to do. Sergio basically says, cool, why don't you just concede me the next hole? And Kuchar says, well, no, that would be that I think would you're be missing stupid. a key, de- a crucial detail. Please. That Kuchar was like, well, no, like I want to do the right thing here. Like it's not, you know, like I, I have no, Sergio deserves this. Sergio completely brought this upon himself. I have, I would have no issue with Kuchar saying, fuck you, man. Like you're, you're basically like you have brought this on yourself. You, your anger got the best of you. You, you quick draked it. You deserve the, the consequences. It's when Kuchar starts playing the, starts trying to play the good guy role, saying that he wants to do the right thing. If, if that's what you want to do, don't call the rules official over. Just, just do it. But then I, I don't know. Like I, I'm not putting words in his mouth or assuming how he felt, but if I was him and looking at how other pros handle all this rule shit now, it's like they're probably walking up such on eggshells that they're like, dude, I don't want to, I don't want to do the wrong thing or put myself in a bad spot because I've seen 50 million people over the last six years here, just, you know, get in the scoring trailer and then figure out that some weird thing happened or something. Right. With that many microphones and cameras. Exactly. Around, if it came to like a video review of like, Hey, we, no one ever heard Matt Kuchar give he that. Could, he away. could have given a, an acknowledgement of it. Then I mean, I'm, there's I'm, another camera angle that shows that he didn't do it. Yeah. And then he's but lying. At the end, and then, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's match play. It's man versus man. And it's not like, it's not like somebody's going to, it's not like a video review is going to come in and say, Hey, this is, you know, I saw this or I saw this. You know, obviously Sergio's not going to call him on it if he gives him the thing. I mean, it's like he's never going to get penalized for doing the right thing in this instance. And again, I want to say, like, I'm not, I'm not faulting him for. I have no problem with him winning the hole because of because of Sergio's actions. Like Sergio deserved to lose the hole, but I'm saying Kucher can't have it both ways. He can't say, "Oh, I wanted to do the right thing," and then know that like. It's pretty black and white. Like you don't need to call him the fucking rules That's official. What I think. And then afterwards, he says he keeps talking and talking and talking. It's just like the thing in Mexico. Like Kuchar, just stop I talking. Think it's totally just, dis- just own it, man. Just totally be, unlike just, that. Like just be a just just be kind of conniving well, and be be a little bit of a competitor here. I will disagree with the the PR firm of Tron Carter Limited here, which is that he goes in and he starts doing that in front of the cameras. And he says, you know what? <laughs> Tough, tough shit, man. Like he should have, yeah. he should have known the rules. Then everyone's gonna be like, dude, what a dick. I would have had a lot more respect for him get, if he just would have owned it. I, I guess, but like to me, it almost seems like a car accident. Two cars get in an accident. You look, doesn't look like there's a ton of damage, but you think, I don't know, like maybe if my frame is fucked up here, like I might want to have myself covered. So why don't we just call the police well, and it, and get this it, thing taken like, care of? Like what did what did Cooch say after the whole Mexico thing? He said, oh, like you know, I. I made it right. It's this is the way it was. Right, but and, that was a lie. That was, <laughs> but that, like, so but did, none of this is me defending did he really Kucher as like do being the a right good thing guy here. Like, like I mean, Kucher sounds like the the waiter, or the employee who says, "Hey, listen, like I clearly know what the right thing to do is, but like this is this is this is a policy. This is out of my hands, man. Like, <laughs> do you want to talk to my manager? Like, I'm you know I'm gonna call my manager over. He's the rules official. Like, he'll tell you how it is. Like, listen, I wanted to do the right thing, but like. You know, I'm going to call him over just so it's totally off my plate. Well, is did Kucher mean by doing the right, the right play, thing? Though. Like, I want, like, to be clear, like, I wanted to concede that putt. Like, that is my doing the right thing. Like, I want to concede that putt, but I didn't say exactly. that. That's what that's what I read from it, was that yeah. he was going to the rules official basically saying, like, I didn't concede this putt. 
but I want to. I would like to. Like, can like, I concede this like, putt? At what point are you sporting, or like, at what point is it common sense or, or good? Like, if it, if that was your intent, like, and and going back to the USGA, all the rules changes, and everything. Everything's intent based now, right? Like, like David Hearn's anchoring the shit out of his putter, but but he but he's not intending to, so it's not a penalty, like. Matt Kuchar, that, that I mean, uh, okay. Sure so let's let's say that to. Matt like, Matt Kuchar intended to concede the putt, right? But, but he didn't. But the, he didn't get the chance to. So the rules don't. It's kind of fake. The intention thing is not really gone through all the way. So like, yeah, if he had, even if he intended to, that doesn't mean the rules read that way. I mean, what like it, and the idea behind this was intent, but it has exactly, not translated. But I'm just saying, like, so like philosophically, the rules of golf are basically bifurcated. Right, like some stuff is intent based and some stuff is. It was kind of presented PR wise as intent, but the way I understand them is they've not really been rewritten enough to really have that be a, a matter of fact yeah. within the rules. So I don't think it's bifurcated. I, I think I, it's. I, just, think, I, mean, what, I think my issue is before he calls the rules official over, is do you need do you need to be a narc? Do you need to call the uh, rules official over? Do you, can you just say, hey, like this is between Sergio and I, and and I conceded the putt to him. Bottom line, and but like, that's that's where. And if, again, if he says, "I don't have a problem with like like I don't have a problem," if he would have said to Sergio, "Sergio, fuck you, man!" Like your temper, you didn't wait for it. That that's fine. But he wants it both ways. That's what I have a problem. But with. Suzanne Pedersen did that, and then that was different. See, I was ready was for this to come. Far up. different. She walked off the green and like just verbally didn't shout it out. This was not a quick rake situation. Like everybody moved yeah. off the green in that situation. This was different, and this was kind of like, the, again. I don't want to defend Kucher over this. But it's kind of like this happens so fast that if somebody asks the question, and again, the, the, as much as like there's so much rules controversy, these guys take the rules very seriously. So if somebody asked, but none Matt of them Kuchar, know the rules either. That's but that's the different. Too. Like, but if somebody asked Kucher, "Hey, did you like he quick rake that putt? Did you verbally concede that putt?" I don't. I wouldn't want to lie and say yes. Exactly. Like that is even if no cameras catch it, even if no mics catch it. Like we're going back to like the integrity of the game and how close these guys police it. I wouldn't want to lie and say yeah, I gave it to him. So like, all right, technically, man, I didn't. Like I, I we have to call in a rules official here. I got to cover my ass exactly. here because I did that didn't happen. I, so. I agree, and I think it's like a. This has nothing to do with again. Like this is nothing to do with Kucher or Sergio or anything. This is like player A versus player B, and if. If player A has a 1% chance in their head that like, God, this might come back to bite me in some weird way that I don't, I can't even think of right now, then I don't blame them at all for getting that covered. And Sergio lost one down. Like, do you think he should have, again, he should have just let it go and then they tie and then Kucher loses in a, in a playoff or something? Like, I I don't know. It just doesn't, I I got no issue. The whole thing is like, you know, when Kucher comes in and says, I didn't want that to be how the holes won or lost. And he said, you know, then I'm not ready to concede the hole. That's that's all fine. Just like But that's but don't 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 like don't try to come in and be the the good guy. Like I feel like he's just trying like be the dick. I would have been the dick. <laughs> if you if you were gonna concede the putt, then figure that out. If you weren't gonna concede the putt and you were gonna make him putt it, then do that too. But like, granted, I don't wanna be the one to defend Sergio here because he's kinda indefensible. In and of itself, I'm just saying. I, I, I just have a problem with the optics of Kucher after the fact. Okay. Yeah, I think we're just at an impasse here. Yeah. I, I think we just okay. strongly disagree. Hola, amigos. This is El Dukan from Mexico. Uh, calling collect just because uh, Kucher's check has not cleared yet. Uh, I was wondering, do you think Kuch wins this week if I was on his back? 
Adios, para. <laughs> Uh, you know, L2Can, I, I know you've done good work in the past. I don't know that you, you quite know this uh, know this golf course quite like the one down there in Mayakoba. I laughed at this, so we had to include it, but I'm so ready to move on from the 2Can right, story. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> hey, fellas, this is Chris from Abilene, Texas here. Just wanted to see if you saw any of the takes on Twitter that uh, Big Cat intentionally missed that putt on 18, so he didn't have to play 36 in the cold on Sunday. I'm not buying it, uh, but just want to get your take. Thanks, guys. I got my I got my cold cold bucket of water here ready. Yeah, for I'm this gonna one. I'm gonna go ahead and say no. He did not. Miss <laughs> yeah, no. Cat's Cat's the most competitive guy on the planet. I don't think he missed the putt on purpose. Okay, good. <laughs> I was ready to. But I think I think it was the best thing that could have happened to him. I agree. I agree. Thirty six holes today in the cold and wind would have been awful. It would have done nothing for him. It would have not benefited him in any way. And overall, this tournament doesn't matter, and what happens in two weeks does matter a lot. So uh, I can't tell if like Tiger Twitter is a parody of itself, and that when something <laughs> ha- like yeah, he hit the ball in the water on purpose at, uh, at his tournament in DC on the media day. Like that's the, oh, that's the maybe, take. or he's blading bunker shots into the stands and on purpose at waste management. I don't, think, the I, I don't think I'd heard either of those. That's oh, oh yeah, the best. <laughs> oh, the, the Tiger conspiracy theorists are. I'm surprised yeah. you said that the WGCs don't matter after your after your Presidents Cup tweet this weekend. Listen, Sun J M it needs a, needed a shout out, and he like you they, said he was quietly one of the playing, playing some, some of the best golf. He's he's had like two top fives in the last three yeah, weeks. Yeah, quietly, people aren't paying attention to that. Nobody's talking about that. that. That's what quietly means. I'm paying attention. Well, of course you are. But yeah. I paid attention to how he played on Sunday. Hey guys, this is Low Energy Randy from Jacksonville. <laughs> uh, how done are we with Azinger and his hard parboys? Ah, thanks. Take it easy. I'm not done. I'm, I'm retired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. DJ's recusing himself from from all the broadcast takes. I think Azinger's still in. He's still in his honeymoon. We're what four weeks in? Five I think weeks the, in? the worry there is that we're in the honeymoon period and we're hearing a lot of the same things on repeat, and we're we're not out of the honeymoon. Period, Azinger so. hasn't watched golf in like four or five years. Yeah, it's, he's, it's, he's he's watching golf again. Let's let's give him some time to replenish the reservoir. I've kind of always thought, you know, he's was the best fill in for Johnny. But simultaneously thought like he's kind of good one one week a year. He's so. a great one week a year. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, not great yeah. to be honest. I love Zinger. So but it's, I'm giving him the I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt to prove to to prove that wrong. He's still better than Faldo. He gets the he gets the opportunity over the next the rest of the season yeah. to rise to the occasion. It's gonna it's not a it's not a hey let's judge him after five weeks thing. It's like let's judge the whole product. Yo. Big play Ray from Jersey over here. <laughs> Friend of the pod. I just want to say how great the Callaway Fitter video was. Kevin Napier seems like a, a really solid dude, but he's kind of selling himself short, honestly. He could absolutely slay in that truck if he wanted to. <laughs> all right, all right. You are signing off. <laughs> yeah, thank you, big play Ray. Kevin's a happily married man. Fair. We would never imply something like that, but... I'm glad we included that because please go to our YouTube channel and check out DJ's video. Uh, all the oh, guys, guys, Tron and Randy. Well, Come your, your on. editing Come was on. fantastic. Oh, Tron you. and Randy and them went down and rode from with the Callaway truck from Bay Hill all the way to the players and asked a bunch of questions along the way. It was awesome. I thought it was one of my favorite. We did learn some good, kind of related to the to the listener's question, uh, some good terminology. We Everyone's very familiar with lot lizards, uh, but sleeper creeper I thought was a, was a pretty good one. So. Uh, Randy accused me of being a sleeper creeper. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Hey, guys. Mike from Iowa here. 
uh, was watching the tournament today and kind of had a thought with all the different statuses, invitational, elevated status, major season championships, all that garbage. Uh, wouldn't it be great to see at least one of the WGCs maybe rotate between regular tour events? So one year you could have the WGC John Deere Classic. It just sounds like a fantastic thing for all these tournaments that are starting to get overlooked. And uh, yeah, let me know what you think. I mean, I mean, sure, that'd be great. I think like it's probably not going to happen with now FedEx taking it's over. Not yeah, I think well, you have a much a better joke. chance of having Luke Wilson go play yeah. at WGC Sunday than you do of this one happening. But I would like to see it happen. I, not with the John Deere necessarily. I don't think we should be messing with any of the majors. But the sh- like the the HSBC. That one yeah. that's the worst tournament of the year that, like, like how cool would that be though if, if they move it from like you know one year it's in china one year it's it kind of takes over like the dunlop phoenix one year it takes over it goes the australia australia yes. event like that would be that'd be cool one year i don't it takes I, over the kenya open i have no idea what the feasibility of that is and i would imagine it's close to impossible because all these things are so multi-year deals and you're you're getting a you know a sponsor like dell this is going to shock FedEx you it or, depends on the sponsor yeah well, who wants to right, do it in their hometown a, here's a, a question though so the wgc's it seems like it's been very pga tour dominated when it's really all the it's all like i why isn't there a wgc in like the middle east like there's sponsors galore over there that's a market that yeah. that the pga tour is basically ceded to the european tour but the european tour could basically manage that that tournament turn Abu Dhabi or Dubai or, you know, Qatar or any of those events into the WGC instead of having one that's kind of a fish out of water in Shanghai where golf is essentially illegal. I think that regime has reversed their stance on golf being illegal. I think we're cool <laughs> well, now. and like you know the the European Tour had one like the the American Express Championship was in. Uh, it was in Ireland. It was in Ireland. It was at the K Club one year. Or, yeah, yeah. It, it was somewhere. I think it bounced yeah. around. Maybe. Yeah, it was in London. It was, it was in Atlanta yeah. for a little bit. But 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 basically, there's there's been no there's been no WGCs, and I know some of it's just sponsorship related, and they don't you know there's there's just not as many sponsors that are willing to pony up that kind of money over there. But you know, it, it, at least one out of every four or five years, it seems like hey, step up and actually move these things around. Well, Next, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's hard. I think those those things have gotten so. The price tag on a WGC is so, so, so high that you're already weeding out so many companies that are even possible to vie for it. So then it's like once you have a company, like, and you're, then you're going to go tell them, like, you can't do it in your hometown. It's just, it seems. And impossible. I guess that goes back to, like, is, all right, cool. Is the business model broken? To where, like, like a WGC is supposed to cost twice as much or, you know, 75% more than, than a regular tour event. It's hard because like, it's cool. I don't know. Should it? I think it costs whatever whatever people are willing to pay, right? They have sponsors for all of them, so who knows? I just feel that this the match play has an identity, and Mexico now has an identity sure. that like the other two are so ripe for any kind yeah. of structural change. And with I, I can tell you what the answer is not, and it's not moving it to Memphis and have it just turning an, an event In into August. A yeah. yeah. So I don't know what I mean. That's a good question. I don't know if you guys have anything off the top of your heads, but. If you're if you're the tournament organizer in Memphis, like what are you doing to make that one stand out? I mean, and I have no problems with that course. It's a good. I mean, it's a yeah. good course, but it's just it's Memphis in August. Like why? Like why are we having a golf tournament there? Much less a WGC. No, listen, I know all the ba- all the bad things about it. I'm just <laughs> trying to think if there if you could redeem it at all. And I again, like, I don't I don't yeah. know what the answer is, but I mean, I would I would much rather see it be in line with the Open Championship or in that in the UK in those months in the summer. Yeah. Like how is a WGC not in the British Isles? Like 
the home of golf and how many golf fans there are in that region. Like that's one of the biggest golf markets in the world. And I know that's European tour, but these are European tour events, like all the European tour media guy. And like, it's a co-sanctioned event. How is there not one in Europe? I'm sure there's answers to that question. It's probably sponsor related. The British masters has struggled to find a, you know, a sponsor. Right. But if Tiger's coming over, if the guys are coming over, like you can find a sponsor. I mean, if you did four weeks in a row in the British Isles, you know, you basically split up the Irish and the Scottish Open. You put the WGC right in between it. So the guys that, you know, like it, 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 it would be unbelievable. It would be awesome. Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I'm Spencer from Saratoga, New York. Calling in to talk about the Ponzi scheme that is PGA Tour Live. Am I on an island or is it just maddening that they continually give it away for free on Golf Channel? <laughs> Why do I pay for the app when I can just get to watch it for free? And it's like everything the tour does to appease the casual fans at the expense of the loyal ones. I mean, can you think of one initiative, literally any one initiative from the tour golf channel to reward a loyal fan? Pipe dream. Fortnite. Because I'm, I'm racking my tiny brain and I can't come up with one. Part of me is excited for the day VR. Tiger retires and the tour's short-sighted ignorance to a loyal fan comes back to bite them in the ass. That's all with all the shitty, the <laughs> shitty products they've Spencer, had to walk go, through. Let's wrap it up, man. Five ten years, twenty minutes of dick pill commercials every hour in between. Faldo babbling on about nonsense. Note of a gay being wrong about literally everything except maybe the color of the sky, and that's fifty fifty any given day. And Peter Jacobson talking over literally anything of interest that's ever happened. Uh, anyway, that's all I got. Crack on. That's it. That's, that's all it. you got. That seemed very premeditated, I Spencer. I don't think Golf Channel is giving away PGA Tour Live. I think they're just giving away it on Twitter yeah. every weekend. He brings up a fair point um, in that if people that pay for it and it's also like given away for free on Twitter is kind of like as an attempt to like draw in new fans. But like, gosh, I don't know who's t- turning into the PGA Tour Twitter account that isn't like already a golf fan. I, I get it. It's like, all right, trying to convert their fans into PGA tour live subscribers, but right. it's like an hour of coverage outside of like the free Twitter window. It, and I think it goes to, it's, we're not talking about the product. The product's good. Yeah. Um, it's more like their willingness to, or their philosophy of catering to everybody, but their core fan. And his point of like name one initiative or name. And it's kind of like, Kind of what we've been saying for quite a long time, and that the loyal they've got the loyal fan hooked, and we are going to talk about golf every week on here. You're going to watch golf if you're a loyal golf fan, and they can try their hardest to scare you away. And DJ had a great one today. I was like, "Hey, how's the golf going?" He goes, "Yeah, I don't really watch golf. I just kind of sit on my phone while it's on TV." Yeah, like technically, I've been watching it for an hour, but I don't know. I couldn't tell you any of the shots that I've seen. <laughs> coverage take. That was a coverage take. No, that was, no that, that was no. That was sociological enough. take. That was close enough. There was a really good moment today. Uh, it, was, it was today or yesterday where they said they made light of a caddy player convo that happened during the playing through, and they said, "Oh, you know, like the the, the caddy player convo that that you got to watch during our playing through coverage," which. I like the playing three thing. I think they've abused yeah. it to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, but to make light of a caddy player convo, where like I don't need to see them, I need to hear them. And there's no audio <laughs> during the playing through commercials. I'm hearing the commercial audio. That's a coverage take. <laughs> I think that uh, something that Spencer said during his, his five-minute uh, missive there was something Tron and I were talking about the other day. Which is, I think that I think a huge part of the reason of why I am a golf fanatic, 
slash maybe even like a sicko at this point is because there's no shortcuts to it and because I've invested so much time of my life like getting to that point. And I think that's kind of where some of the frustration lies is like, dude, you can't you can't fake this stuff, man. Like it takes a really long time to learn the game. It takes a really long time to learn the rules. It takes a really long time to learn the players. It takes a really long time to learn what's a good shot versus what's a bad shot and why he's trying to flight it high versus flight it low. And like all these different things. And like that's what makes me fucking love it is because I've done all of that and like now it's I'm so much richer for the experience. And trying to just hook people with like here you go. Look at how look, it's free. Like, look how cool this is to watch. I would be like, here's if that was me, I'd be like, God, get this. What the hell is this? Why would I ever watch this? Here's some puppies. Here's a trick shot artist. (laughs) My favorite was you you made this point when they were like streaming it for free once on Facebook or something like just I'm trying to imagine like my aunt like scrolling through her Facebook feed being like, Oh, this is a delightful romp. I don't need any context here. I'm just going to tune in and yeah. watch this. Oh, Lucas Biergard. Yeah, let's see what this guy has to do. Well, it's, to offer. it's all going to go in some slideshow of how many people tuned into PGA Tour Live on Twitter. And it's like you scrolled your timeline. It counts probably in some I don't know what you need to count as a view, but it probably counts as a view in something. And it all is going to look good on some fake number aggregation and uh but to the bigger point is kind of the frustration i think golf fans a lot of listeners of this show and the people sitting in this room have felt and that they felt like a lot of things are going towards this like mythical golf fan that doesn't exist that's out a, there it's a unicorn millennial that makes 250 grand a year that's never heard of golf before and it's gonna it's super valuable to sell to but it also t- doesn't like golf but also will watch golf but it also will go to tournaments time, an enormous amount of free yeah, time exactly. to learn the it's sport just, where and, and i think a good example is I think last like last week the the web tour there were probably more people watching that live stream of the end of the web tour event the playoff than there were than than there have been in a lot of the kind of free streams on Twitter that I've seen of a main yeah. PGA yes. tour event where you like just focus like I I get the need to grow the tent but at some point you got to take care of the people in the tent. And that's the hard part is like i don't i don't the tent's know on fire right now <laughs> well that, that's the hard part the tent is we have, we have carbon tense. monoxide poisoning <laughs> yeah. <in the> t- <laughs> it's one of those like uh ho- like house debugger tents it's just it's like it's it's a FEMA, filled with it's, noxious, a FEMA tent. it's filled with noxious fumes uh i and that's the hard part is like if somebody if somebody's and it's a lot easier to to you know harp on the the problems rather than come up with solutions because like if someone said like what would you do differently like i don't have a ton of good answers but that's why stuff like and, the european and honestly does. maybe well maybe we can bring in big randy because this is tangentially related to one of his things but it's like i really think a lot of this stuff goes back to like playing golf and and just understanding golf and i i don't know what the data says i know people say that these things aren't correlated and you can watch golf and enjoy it without playing it but Damn, that seems hard to buy, right? Or, like, or hey, let's say, all right, here's a prime example of a time period when, or a, or a, a opportunity to get new people into an event. There's a Big Ten basketball game on Saturday or Sunday afternoon <laughs> that leads into the PGA Tour telecast, and then you and then you lead with ten minutes of commercials, and you show a bunch of putts, and you show the you know, the MetLife summary and then... Well, that's kind of the thing. And, and it's this, like, hey, like, just improve your product and maybe more people will start watching it. And like, this that's, is... It's, it's very simple yeah. on, on the baseline. That's the what I was going to say. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. And this is not a... This is not a telecast take, but it's... Like, <laughs> sure sounds like... <laughs> you, you just... You can't, like... 
so there's a bunch of universal truths here, which is one, we want more new, we want to grow the fuck out of the game. We want more new people playing the game, watching the game, consuming the game. Everybody, I can't only think of one person and he's sitting over there on the couch that would disagree with that statement. Randy, who wants to shrink the game? Number two is we're going to not change anything about anything that we do. We're not going to change any of the formats. We're going to not change any of the telecasts. The biggest concession is that the players can now wear shorts. It's like, dude, how do those two things go together? man? How do you just keep doing the same thing you've always been doing and expect more people to tune in when there's more competition than ever? How dare you? How dare you dismiss the golf dogs that quickly? Okay, (laughs) We're in the golf dogs era. Like, how do you not see the way things are trending? All right. We're ready to to move on here to our last few. Yeah, we got a couple more questions. Gentlemen, Will from Mississippi with a very important question. What is... The best appetizer on the Nona Blue menu, and what is the appetizer to stay away from the most? Thanks. Well, this this is a trick question, right? Because the menus are slightly different at Lake Nona and Ponte Vedra. I didn't know. I don't know if I knew that. I don't know if I was that deep in the scene. First of all, shout out to G Mac. This isn't Uh, an ad or anything. (laughs) No, very much not. Restaurant tour slash PJ tour winner today. The only PJ Tour winner who you, whose restaurant you could go eat at right now. I'm going to say it's the Artichokes. You can keep Artichokes the Woods, Jupiter, Woods Jupiter right now. No, I, mean, I met the only guy who won today okay. that you could, yeah. So, That's a good call. I think, good looking I think all of us have been to both the Woods Jupiter and Nona Blue. Which, which would you eat at? Well, Nona Blue, they got the French Quarter penne pasta that's just I would dynamite. Get, yeah, you I'd eat it for a whole week because it's <laughs> enormous. But I would go Nona Blue as well. I thought, I thought uh, it's been well documented. Woods Jupiter was... Mega stuck between release patterns. The only thing that the Woods Jupiter has that Nona Blue didn't have was the white belts. the moist the moist towels that they give you between <laughs> courses. That's true. And uh, all the and all the waiters had white belts on. I think the the popular answer here is going to be the uh, spinach and artichoke dip, but the firecracker shrimp is fire. I wouldn't no, put I'm either. Not, I would say the G Mac and cheese. No, I'm not. That's, that's, that's not a shareable. I'm not, oh, you I'm share not talking about no. the spinach and artichoke dip. I'm talking about the the, the, the full baked artichokes, the, the fried oh, or gotcha. grilled yeah. artichokes. Those yeah. are insane. Yeah, gotcha. I, and Will, to your, answer your question, I don't really know what appetizer I'd say. I would go check out either Nona Blue location right now and and just go buck wild on the venue. Order whatever you want. I've never had anything bad. We had the mussels there the other night. They were just okay for me, dog. So really? that, that'd be the one I would. All skip. right. Well, that's good to know. Still worth going. Let's move on again. That was, that. that was not an ad. <laughs> hey, boys. Jason from Kansas here. Uh, wondering what's uh, what's up with the Jack's Beach Birdie Challenge. Got to throw two assumptions out there. One is that DJ is doing all the heavy lifting with editing, putting the videos up. Second one's got to go along with that. That I'm assuming he just hasn't made any birdies since the first episode. What the hell? So, <laughs> give us an update. I'd love to be wrong. Rooting for you, DJ. Cheers. Well, Jason, let me let me go ahead and just start by saying that you're actually wrong on both counts. <laughs> uh, the first one, thank you for assuming I was busy with the heavy lifting, but the, that first video was all Solly. Solly's, Solly's been bucking his head in the editing department. Something I, I believe you guys are going to see uh, twice this week. we got two videos coming out this week that are Solly projects. I dip my toe in from time to time. Um, so yeah, the video that was cut together of me making five birdies in like six holes. Yeah, that was I edited <laughs> yeah, that one. Great work on that one. <laughs> uh, no, no, we, don't, we don't film every round that we play at Jack's Beach. No. There's no video in the queue for updating the Jack's Beach we'll uh, post a, birdie challenge. We'll post a picture of the... If of people the, are into it, we'll do it more. I just... Yeah. I, would find it hard to believe that I, people I want to keep agree. tabs on every round. A couple, a couple things I found interesting. Neil doesn't live here. 
He has three birdies. He's yes. played two rounds of Jack's Beach this year. Which, as someone pointed out, is very on brand that he is in in full Icarito spirit. He's birdied one, two, and three, and none of the other holes. Let's take a quick time out to explain what this is. If you're yeah. not if you're not sure, um, we have a challenge that uh, I think we learned from some of Tron's friends. I think in Atlanta that yeah. uh, shout out Ansley Golf Club. It's uh, you play, uh, you get with your buddies, throw in a bunch of money into a pot, and everyone has to birdie every hole over the course of a year at your course. And so we're doing this at Jacksonville Beach here just down the road from us and there's a lot of stickers up on the wall for us here but it's already it's into march here into the first quarter and uh i, I personally I, I tighten up a little bit on the holes i don't have oh for sure i think about it already totally i think about it before i get to the golf course yeah and so it's gonna be a true i'm close though to just having to play the back nine <laughs> well solly's got to eagle all the part five that's too. true which he's of which he has none i eagled a par four this week that was fun it's cool. That's it cool. Really <laughs> doesn't count. Yeah. So, it was a hole that I hadn't birdied yet, actually. What I was going to say is Randy's Randy's made four birdies. Neil's made But three. they're all in different holes, which is big. Yeah. Neil's made three. I've uh, Randy's got two birdies on, that I don't have as well. I've birdied eight of the 18 holes. Yeah. Uh, Ra- Ra- Randy's got two of the toughest. Randy's uh, got boardwalk holes. right now. He's yeah. got boardwalk. He's got boardwalk and park play. Yeah. <laughs> and Tron actually has made a, t- a lot more birdies than me, but still has also only birdied eight of the 18 holes. Yeah. Interesting. I just keep burning the same holes over and over again. <laughs> Tron's got a great game plan out there at Jack's Beach. I've also almost, I've also almost aced a par four twice now. I need 9, 10, 11, 16, and 18. He's got five five holes left. But I also need to eagle two, 13, and 18. That's, you haven't even birdied 18 yet. I have not even the, birdied because I keep trying to eagle it and yeah. I three-putt it every time. Which is sick. Um, so, yeah, it's a fun challenge. Get with your buddies and figure it out. Good, it's a good day to start. April one, yeah. Do April 1 to April 1. Or if yeah, you're yeah. in the Midwest, you your do, season hasn't started yeah. yet anyways, probably. So. Just do a 12-month rolling. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard it called Taliban in the past, too. My <laughs> Swedish, my my wife's Swedish uncle, they, they call it Taliban over there, I guess. So. Somebody called it Passport, like stamping your passport yeah. or something like that. It's a little more That's fan-friendly. Cool. Yeah, It's yeah. fun. So, so <laughs> it's like more inclusive. As you get down to the end, like I, I came back from Atlanta thinking, you know, it was December 27th, and there's a dude out there playing in the pouring rain, and he, the only hole he hadn't, but he hadn't birdied was 17. It was... 35 degrees and pouring rain and, and he comes in and still hadn't buried it and he's like I'm going out and playing 36 the next four or five days because he owed his buddies like a thousand bucks a piece if he didn't <laughs> uh, it's, it's something we were talking about in the course the other day I think that I, I really 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 wish that I had played this game when I was a kid because I think it would have made you so much more comfortable with making birdies rather than being petrified yeah. over birdie putts the way I think all of us are now. Except maybe solid. It's the Brandon Matthews philosophy. Yeah, just go at all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I had done this when I was a 12-year-old kid, I would look a lot more like Kevin Kisner than, I don't know. Which this is not the paid portion know. of this, but uh, putting with the true... I think I'm all in on Truvis. Putting with the Truvis balls has been a this is a backdoor. This is a backdoor way for us to say that Solly shot sixty-seven. No, don't, yeah, don't say that. Are you that. playing Truvis now? Yeah, I'm he full did. Truvis. He made literally everything. The it was day with the disgusting. Ball. Yeah, I shanked one in the water, made par. Hit another one in the water, <laughs> took my shoes off, got up and down for par. It was disgusting. It, it was. He probably made six hundred feet of putts. I hit it very poorly and shot four under somehow. So. No, if you guys want to talk about it more, we can, but or we could go to the next. No, I think we're about out of card space okay. here. Well, why don't you guys? Uh, you guys went up to the web tour event in Savannah this week. It was like all web tour events. I mean, it was absolutely a shot of life. It was it was delightful. We got to spend some time with the young hitters. Uh, kind four, of a, four of the five four of the five young hitters. Young hitters. Uh, Justin Huber was unfortunately out with uh, 
with injury, but uh, I think you'll be you'll be seeing some content upcoming. Uh, hopefully, getting everybody to know the young hitters a little bit better. We wanted to do kind of like the the tour truck video that was mentioned earlier. I'd like to do one of those kind of on each guy, telling their backstory a little bit. Um, spent some time with them. We played in the pro am. Very nice of the tournament to uh, invite me and my hitter TC out out to the uh, to the pro am. We played with. Uh, Southern Charms Shep Rose, who was absolutely delightful. I got I got more DMs about playing with Shep. <laughs> yeah, from more psyched. you know people I haven't talked to in a really 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 long time. My you know aunts and 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 people from college that hadn't you know that I didn't know followed me on that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, he was he was great. He was course, delightful. Course was fine. Yeah, it was pre, it was premium cheesecake. It yeah, was, it was Fazio. Uh, actually, greens were mega pure. Greens were super Probably fast. Some of the best yeah. best greens they'll play on the web all year. Um, played with Willie Wilcox on the front nine. Who it was, was a revelation, by the way. I think he like, and I, and I don't say this in a pejorative way at all, but I think he kind of semi semi intentionally puts out a vibe on Twitter and social media. Shout out to Wave God Wilcox one, <laughs> on Wave God on Instagram, uh, of just kind of like ah, surfer bro, and he could not have been less that in person. He was thought he was super thoughtful. Uh, Super smart, fun, engaging guy, and then uh, Harry the Hitman Higgs on the on the back nine was a big fan of the podcast and and just a good uh, good guy all around. Harry almost aced the short par four <laughs> at number the, five on the front, which and Zach was playing in the group ahead of us. Uh, but just just going out there and hanging out on the on the range and on the putting green on Wednesday afternoon at the web event was got the music blaring out on the, on the range. It was awesome. It was like, you know, we're talking to, talking to Mav, we're talking to our hitters, we're watching Brandon Matthews hit the ball 390 yards. (laughs) Well, that was one cool thing that I will say about, about the young hitters is I didn't know, you know, the, the, I don't know how much insight we've given people, uh, as far as kind of how we chose those guys. And I'm sure some of it'll come out a little bit more in the video, but like basically all of them, we, we kind of concepted the idea with, uh, and we're sponsoring five players on the web.com. Yeah. Sure, we have not know. mentioned that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but we, we kind of concepted the idea with, uh, an agent, uh, drew Carr. shout out to the fidelity fam. Uh, and he sponsors or he represents, he thought we had, you know, he had five players that would all be a good fit. So I didn't know how well these guys know each other or anything. And we're out there on uh, Wednesday after the pro-am. And all four of these dudes who were in the field were all out there hitting balls together, watching each other hit balls, shooting the shit. It almost felt like, I don't know, it felt like a like NASCAR team or it something. It was like a you high know? school like, team that was yeah, out there. Was, and Charlie's got the staff bag and, and everybody's standing there watching Brandon hit because Brandon, you know, and literally Brandon's driving him across the road on the other side. The, the road is like 355. Um, talking like Cam Champ. Yeah, and then like, yeah. you know, Frank Licklider's three or four spots down grinding like the, the whole the whole scene is just outrageous and fun and low-key and casual it's like i love going out to pga tour events but i love going out to web events more because it brings you back to kind of that foundational yeah why i love golf feels like golf yeah exactly and if you're if the web tour is coming to your city uh go out there watch it you can get it so close to the players you can say hey to the players 
if you see any of the young hitters out there, tell them you're you're a fan of the podcast. And that was one of the. Coolest. Or if you listen, if you hate listening to the podcast, you can tell them you're not a fan of the podcast. That'd be an interesting conversation too. That was one of the coolest tweets this weekend. It was a guy like had all the hitters flagged on yeah. his PGA, and he's like, I'm checking webs web.com scores, yeah. which is and, sweet. And like, Lauer got a he he was T12 backed up his solo second last week with the T12. Um, and also, I mean, I think we bag on the tour a lot. I I think they've they've added some really good events to the web tour the last couple yeah. seasons this is a second even without sponsors this is the second year for the savannah event uh, they've identified it as and this isn't them talking this is me talking it's like cool like why don't we have more events in the southeast we used to have two in georgia we don't have any anymore they said all right cool we'll, we'll add one in savannah this is a tournament or a market that we want to be in long term that's got you know it's kind of a middle market it's perfect and it's a great course like we need more good courses. So they did that. So the whole thing, they are doing like TPC Colorado this year, Sarasota, they added San Antonio. They've added four or five really cool events. And, uh, you know, I'm psyched. I think, I think the web tour top end of the web tour and the bottom end of the PGA tour are not far off. No, not no, at all. definitely not. Not at all. So no. a lot of content to come from yeah. that one and uh, additional content Tuesday night going up our podcast yeah, give us a sneak peek. with uh, Jordan Spieth. This was about two years in the making of this interview, <laughs> a year and a half actually. Of, uh, we were actually supposed to do it around the uh, 2017 Open Championship. He went on to win that and kind of screwed up scheduling and Asterisk. kept getting bumped and bumped and bumped and uh, we finally made it happen. Good timing for it and he breaks it all down. Everything that has gone wrong with his swing and his game, and it, uh, man, it was it was really it was really interesting to me. And I think he had convinced me by the end of it that he's got it all figured out. So no, people are asking if I'm backing off my pick. I'm not. To be honest, I didn't know he was playing Valero, so I wouldn't have planned. To, I would have tried to. <laughs> I would have waited a week to give him the podcast bump. But uh, no, that'll come out next week. What is he in FedEx? One eighty six, something like that. It's not great, which is wild. It's like know? halfway through the season. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, also, I, was, I watched a lot of Punta Cana this week. Mm-hmm. Can they just put the guys standing in the event it's, it's next amazing. to the score? Like, I don't need to know what the guy in the Punta Cana event is in the FedEx Cup. I, I need to know what he is in the tournament. You're forcing me to my phone. I'm going to get distracted, and then I'm going to tune out from coverage. Just put T4. Just put it up there. It's not that hard. There's 50 other numbers on there. Just put it up. I was watching Julian in the Euro Tour event this morning, and I saw, a f- like, he was playing the 18th hole, and I saw a little fourth thing up in the graphic. And I was like, fourth? Like, what the hell does Rolex that mean? Rolex series? What the hell does that mean? Fourth? Like, he's playing his second shot. It's the 18th hole. I was like, oh, he's fourth in the tournament. Yeah, like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. Crucial piece okay. of info. That's a great piece of info. You sure that wasn't his standings in the Wyndham Reward Challenge or whatever that is? Shout out to the Wyndham Rewards Challenge. Eternal shout out to them. All right, let's wrap Excited it up. Excited to get back to the Aeon Risk Reward Challenge this week yeah, as well. So there we go. Keep, yeah, keep tabs on that. Cool. We're off to the ringer this coming weekend. We're not going to wrap up ringer, Valero, sir. I don't think, but be ready for some Masters. It's time. A deluge of Here Masters content is coming. It's all coming. The takes are coming. Thanks for tuning in. Cheers. Cheers. Crack on. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yes. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! <laughs>